Welcome to Pass That Movie with Paul Muad'Dib, Smoke the Bear, and Boy George. Hi, and welcome to Cast That Movie Season 2, where myself, Paul Muad'Dib, Smoke the Bear, and Boy Georgerd uh, go through some movies. Uh, this season, we did things a little different. It doesn't necessarily have to be a complete flop, but we try to keep it in that range. A movie that has a really poor um, audience score, critic score, that type of thing. Um, and then, um, so we'll cast that movie like we did last season. But for the second half of the episode, we dive into animated projects and making them live um, movies. However, that will be changing going forward. We'll talk all about that. But first, Smoke the Bear, Boy George Porridge, how are we doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, better now that uh, this movie's over and done with. That's right. That one was a rough one. So for those of you that maybe didn't watch the first episode... Either go back and do that, or you're watching the, the tagline, you're going, oh, man, they're reviewing Bug. Why the shit did they do that to themselves? Yeah, Bug was yeah, a bad one, you guys. <laughs> so initial thoughts on the, the movie first, before we get the plugs and everything. What What is your initial thoughts about the movie Bug? Uh, let's see. Well, okay, so I watched it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, a blessed 15... 15- no, yeah, 15 goddamn years ago. And it was garbage. No surprise. Um, I remember hating it so much to where I would just tell people to not watch it because it was just that bad. Um, and then when we rewatched it for this goddamn podcast, um, I am having... It's still bad. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely still bad. But I'm being older now and understanding different things my brain it doesn't hate it as much or at least doesn't hate it for the reasons i did when i was younger so Ooh, we'll dig into that smoke the bear your thoughts on bug uh well i had no idea what to expect because i never even heard of the movie so Ooh. that was all new to me but let's say we tried to watch this movie and it's so obscure that you know we had to like go into the deep recesses of the internet to find it and it ended up watching an uh, equally terrible movie. Uh, also called Bug. It was a, <laughs> it's a 2014 bug. Fuck that movie harder than watching this bug. Fuck that movie harder than watching Waterworld. Fuck that movie harder than watching any C movie that you've ever, ever seen in your whole life. Fuck that more than a middle school play. <laughs> yeah, you guys... Um, so... Behind the scenes, you know, I mean, we obviously we talk about the movies, things of that nature. You know, we're going to be watching it, making sure they're seeing it. And I got a message from um, Smoke the Bear and boy, uh, Drew Richard. And they said, is this the right movie? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, you should watch it because we just sat through it. And I only got through like 15 minutes of it. And I'm like, I, <laughs> motherfucker, you were supposed to watch I, the whole I, shit. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Motherfucker, you, look, look, okay. <clears throat> 15 minutes isn't even enough to hate it properly. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get anyway. your, I want 
I want to hear more about that one because, again, I only got 15 minutes in. First of all, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening on um, multiple different places. Um, either you're listening to it on um, Spotify, um, you're listening to it on maybe SoundCloud, um, but it's also up on the joedown.blog. Um, it's also up on YouTube, which is the pod ding, down. Ding, um, sparkle, so there's, sparkle, a, ding. there's a lot of different places you can be checking this out. And if you're not going over and you're just listening on, say, SoundCloud or um, Spotify, I encourage you to go to the joedown.blog where there is a lot of different entertainment on there. There's a lot of different shows, a lot of different writings. Um, so please check that out. Um, support the page. And also you can talk to us directly on the new Facebook page, the Joe Down Pod Down. So, okay. Yes. Talk to me about this other movie, Bug. Please, please, please. Oh. Actually, smoke. wait. Wait, wait. Before <laughs> we go there, I'm sorry. Before we go there, let's actually jump to an ad um, and then come back and talk about that. Okay. So we'll go to our first ad break and then we'll be back. Do you believe the government has targeted you for surveillance? Do you have tracking devices embedded in your skin and teeth? Has your abuse of X been pushing you away from your beliefs? Then you need QAnon. QAnon understands and will support your conspiracy theories. In fact, if you donate monthly to anything related to Donald Trump, we'll add. That's right, add to the number of conspiracy theories you currently believe in as our gift to you. So donate now and spread your no way our crazy fears to everyone. Um, wow. Uh, our sponsors are absolutely out of batshit left field this week or this episode, I should say, or this time, this podcast. We really need to work on um, maybe some kind of quality assurance before we bring people on the air. So <laughs> before we uh, before the break, we started talking about a 2014 bug movie that somehow in some way smoked the bear and boy, Gerard found. So, yeah, what do you got? Talk to okay, me about so, that. So we'll we'll go into how we were supposed to watch bug. You know, um, um, we were I don't know. Again, I watched it when it first came out. So we're talking about, like, I don't know any sort of... We finally pushed play. And, uh, again, I hadn't seen this movie since it came out. Like, I want to say maybe not the premiere day, but yeah, somewhere in the premiere weekend. So mm -hmm. I... Obviously, I don't recall what the fuck I'm supposed to be watching. I don't know what the intro is like. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what it was like in the beginning. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Okay. All right. So we get to the opening scene, and it's this weird-ass, like, it's, it's somber music. And I was like, okay, okay, this is different. All right, cool. And then we get into this little girl that's talking about, like, what her her mom said or something in the beginning and it's like a quote and I'm like cool and then they were talking about you know what like morals and I'm like mm, strange wait a minute wait a minute but like I'm already in it because now, now I need to know where's this going <laughs> what is we it? were we were fucking 37 minutes into this bitch and I was like wait a minute 
Where the fuck this is isn't Ashley the right Judd? Movie at all. Where the fuck <laughs> is Michael Shannon? So since there's a little girl in the beginning, I was like, man, I don't remember there being a fucking flashback for this movie. <laughs> I was like, what? what the fuck happened? And so this movie was so bad. The play, the playwright was oh. awful. The 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 transitions were awful. There were scenes that super she, didn't like, even need to be in the thing. Yeah, like they For just no reason. they just showed it. They just showed her like kill it's like okay. Yeah, like it's her and her brother. And okay, well let's give you the premise of the fucking movie. So the premise is um their grandfather well it's like this family the mom the daughter and the son and i guess their dad went to jail for whatever reason it was it's race related of course the grandfather is he's this cop and we all know how we feel about those and he fucking he's smoking a cigarette and obviously he's not supposed to be smoking it because like it's so high up yeah, like hidden high up. But mind you, he only lives by himself, so he's just hiding shit from himself like a dumbass. And <laughs> since he he starts smoking this fucking cigarette on the stool inside, like, like you're hiding the cigarettes, and then you light it in the in kitchen in the house. In the house. So like already, already I'm fucking mad. Still on the stool. So the, yeah. So then this motherfucker has like a stroke or whatever the fuck falls off the stool. Blah. Ugh, now he's in the hospital. Next scene, you know, everybody's like, oh, Grandpa, ew, what happened, Grandpa? Ew. And we're like, oh, man, all right, okay. Mm. And so... Uh, so, so we're like, like almost an hour in. We're like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Yeah. And so the mom's like, oh, well, you can stay with us. And then the son is like, no. Grand- you know not Dad like wouldn't that. like that. You know Dad wouldn't like that. We can't have him there. Anyway, so grandfather starts living there and he's re- rehabilitating or whatever and like he's got these really racist fucking values like the like awfully racist like no surprise the because son, the son is dating a hispanic girl and he has some like real colorful things to say about her mm-hmm. but n- like the the grandfather has colorful things to say in the beginning because there's a scene where the brother and the sister uh, mind you, now the sister's name is Bug. Okay, so here's here's that, okay. um, and the little girl's like, "Oh, do you think that uh, you know, Grandpa and, and and everyone else is gonna be okay with like you two dating?" And he's like, "Oh, well, it's not like that. Like, we don't really care about stuff like that, and we don't know yet that well, it's because she's mindful. yeah." Yeah, we don't know that it's because she's Hispanic. We just know, like, oh, well, fuck, maybe maybe she's a punk, you know? Like, who knows? And some more time goes on, and then, like, the grandfather says more and more racist things. The little girl is, like, trying to get him to admit to a racist murder. Like, there's this guy who got killed, but they say that, like, he raped someone. And so, like, other people are saying that this guy was, like, in a totally different town when the rape supposedly happened. And so it was just kind of like a, it was a lynching and the cop, them. Jesus Christ, you guys. He got got away with it because he's the white sheriff. And he's like the cop of all cops. Right. And so he just played it off as like, oh, well, no, he raped that woman. So I killed him because like I feared for my life and he was a rapist. Right. But he wasn't. So like at one point, like they show this weird ass scene of like the the a minister or a pastor or like someone who helps with the sound, um, who's like really important, but he's gay. And like they just kind of drop in that he's gay. They're like, yeah, well he's gay. 
and like continue about their life. But he helps with like the sound equipment and he I helps guess, the little girl set up a like the microphones in the house to try to catch him. Yeah. And, it. So yeah. she's like this like, nine year old trying to get her grandpa to admit to lynching this man. Oh right. So, so that uh, so dad back could like get out of jail or something. Right. Wasn't that so to kill a mockingbird? It's a lot, right. man. It's a lot. So back and to the rat. Slow. At what well, it was slow. At one point, um the brother and the sister, they're like shooting arrows or some shit. Like just cause you know, just cause that's cause, the cause scene they, that they wanted to put in. Yeah, that's just what the fuck they wanted to put in. And the brother, like the little girl, like will bug. She says something, and then like the brother is like, "What?" And then like shoots the arrow, and you hear me. And so then they all, or they both walk up, and like this rat is like dying, and he's like, "Look what you made me do!" And like pulls out the arrow, it just and, leaves, and leaves <laughs> the rat. And bugs like, "Well." What do we do? And he's like, just leave it. It'll die naturally. And so, like, the next scene is it's later at night, and the rat is still, like, chilling, minding his own fucking business. And she just takes a fuck, was it either a shovel or a rock, and kills the rat. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's the only thing. And walks away, and that's the end scene. And it never calls back to it. Ever. (laughs) At any point. (laughs) It's a weird-ass movie, dude. And you call in a couple scenes, and then, like, she's she's like wired already and like trying to get him to say whatever the fuck and like the gay pastor's like well he said a whole bunch of bullshit to me when i was younger about you know me being gay so this would be a great time to get back at him and like he's hiding in their closet thing so that he can hear all the sound and she's like trying to get him to admit something and he's like here if you feel like, you know, you want to you wanna be the tough guy here and, like, gives her this fully loaded-ass gun and is like, here, point it at me. And so essentially starts making her reenact whatever the fuck he did to this poor black guy that he fucking murdered. And she, he, she like, is about to pull the, the trigger and he's like, see, do you feel better? And she was like, and then just leaves. And goes back to old boy. And so then, because the grandfather didn't like the gay dude, he sees her, like, they're making noise. And he walks in on this little girl and, like, the gay dude. And, like, he's like, oh, get away from her, you savage. And, like, murders the fuck out of that guy. Shot him in the chest right in front of her. And she's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, oh, we'll try to do this, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll cover this up. And, like, mine's his own fucking business. And then, so she's trying, she got everything, like, she backed everything up. She had her own little okay. fucking, like, videotape copy. Took it to the sheriff and was like, this is what happened. And they fucking, they took it and they were like, do you Broke think it. that... They broke it, and they were like, do you think that your grandfather, like, after everything that your grandfather did, do you think that he would appreciate this? And she was like, fuck. So then she goes to another fucking county to go tell another ass sheriff, and that sheriff is with him, too, and broke the fuck out of it and was like, said the same exact thing. Anyway, so the whole movie is called Bug because... Her name is Bug because the mom says, oh, well, you know, we called you Bug because you kept bugging us. But it's really Bug because she's a fucking bug. Like, she's a narc. (laughs) You know, okay, I have to say, again, we talked a little bit about this. I tried to find this movie, anything about this movie. I 
looked up the year. I looked up everything. The closest thing I could come to was a movie called Bugs 3D, which is a Chinese horror film, which is not like that's not the, it either. That's not it. You guys, a another movie pops up, but it's an 11 minute short in Australia no. called oh, okay. Surviving Bug. There 2017. is yeah, it's 2017. Oh, 2017. My apologies. Okay, no, that's okay. So now, yeah, you you said though I, I brought it up um, that maybe we should do this movie instead. Hell and you no! You guys both said no. <laughs> it's fuck no. Because fuck there's no. nothing you can do to fix this movie. There's, now there, you, I'm you seeing you can't you couldn't even shit on it and fucking put everybody at gunpoint to make this shit better. This was so bad. I, that's now not, I know that's not what we're here for. Yep, but there's no way to recast this. Like none, none, so none. After watching that, and then we watched, you know, the Ashley Judd movie, and I was like, oh, this, this is nowhere near as bad. This <laughs> is a good ass movie. So this movie um, has a four point seven out of ten on IMDb, and the writer director. It was written and directed, um, and produced by Parker and George, edited by the same person. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh-huh. a that's always a kiss of death when when you have the writer uh-huh. director is also producing and editing the movie. Uh-huh. Typically, you know you're in for a shit show. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, thank you for walking me down that and the audience with that. Yeah, so it's garbage. It was, right. No, no, by all means, <laughs> we need that. So let's talk about what we did all end up watching together, which was the 2006 film psychological horror bug. We'll talk a little bit about this. I'm just going to talk about kind of the production and kind of the, the 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 reception and everything with this movie. And I think you guys chime in at any point. So this movie was made on a stru- on a on a shoestring budget of four million dollars. Okay, um, not a lot went into this particular movie. Um, all the sets were done by the guy that made Hostel that did Hostel okay. and the Rocky Balboa movie, um, and it's really set up in three interconnected rooms, a bathroom, a kitchen, and a living room, right? We all know that. Um, and the exterior shots were filmed in California and outside mm-hmm. of high school. Um, and the interior was in Louisiana. fucking Anna. Yeah, it was at a gay bar, called a lesbian bar, called um, Boomerang's Bar uh, in New Sarpy, Louisiana. The film took 21 days to make. Um, yeah, it did. You could tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about the release and the genre of this movie. Okay. Now, to give you guys an idea, it premiered. Now, again, this was a four million dollar budget. This, and you had Michael Shannon, Ashley Judd, and it had Harry Connick Jr., who all kind of gets in a way. Like those are, you know, uh, call it what you will. Harry Connick Jr. is always in like rom coms and things like that as of late. And, you know, Ashley Judd, she is normally a terrific actress. And Michael Shannon, I love Michael Shannon. To give you guys an idea how bad this was, it premiered in over 1,600 theaters in May of 2007. Its opening weekend, it only earned $3.24 million. But the weekend it came out, um, there was four other movies that were out in theaters at that time. Not necessarily came out that weekend, but there was Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Shrek 3, and Spider-Man 3. Yeah, they had no choice. No chance. No chance. Now, it 
it earned now I want to bring this out here. It earned 3.24 million dollars in those 1600 theaters. It released to France earlier $216,000 on 66 screens. This nice. movie this movie ended up only bringing in 8 million dollars. Now, when you sit there and I we, we I was talking with um Smoke of the Bear earlier today as we were getting prepared for the podcast and we were talking about budgets and things like that when it comes to movies and I explained that just because of a movie doubles its money, that isn't necessarily a good thing because there's marketing involved. There's a lot of different things involved. This movie premiered at, at Cannes. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are being put out there. That's a giant loss. They were expecting a lot more out of it. Now, and I think the big problem is, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong if you guys disagree with this, it's the genre of the film. What genre would you call this movie? This is definitely more of a like a psychological thriller. It's definitely not horror, but uh, like later, I I will I will explain. I can understand why they made why they said it would be horror, mm-hmm. or at least for that time, for like fucking two thousand six. I can understand just because of like the different avenues that they tried to t- take with the movie. Yep. And what do you think, uh, Smoke the Bear? Do you think I that? Think I think psychological thriller. Okay, so you agree with Boyd uh, Gerard Butler over here? Yeah, because it's like uh, uh, anxiety. Like, that's what the movie relies on. So, to give you guys an idea, this was directed by the guy who did The French Connection and The Exorcist. This was directed by the one and only William um, Fredkin. uh, Fredkin. Mm -hmm. Now, he said that in 1960s or 1970s, this would have been a horror film. But insist yeah. that no such thing exists anymore kind of gives you guys an idea of where I think he's at in terms of he's gotten old in his own ways. And he said the marketing is mysterious in the way that marketed this movie. He's like, you know, this isn't really a genre film, but it's it's a comedy. It's a melodrama. It's a love story. It's a horror film. It's an adventure That's film. That's a really extravagant way to say it's a really bad movie. Well, right. and this is- it's like it's not any of those things. It's uh, it, I can see how he's saying like, oh, it's like a old school thriller or old school horror movie. Yeah, but that's those evolved into thrillers. In the thrillers, and also even in the somewhat of a drama, right? right. Like, I mm-hmm. you know, there's some movies that are like, yeah, okay, you have some, you have some psychological elements, but that's really how I would have sold this movie in marketing is, it's a drama, and it's based on a play. Right. It's a drama. I mean, it's it's, it's literally it's literally the definition of a drama. And let's talk it's about like ex-boyfriend drama, girlfriend drama. Like yes, yes. And this you know you get in this movie. It's not really a horror. It is a drama to me because, as we'll get in, well, we'll get into that about kind of the synopsis. But really, this movie is about a dude with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how that affects those around him. Right. And that's a fucking drama. I mean, but, other people PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. And because like, and what? being able to to pinpoint like the things that happened, and just I guess because of things that happened, it just kind of progressed into other things. Right now, this movie is also written by though by a guy by the name of Tracy Letts. Okay, who's now, great. Tracy Letts is written a lot of good stuff for the theater now. Right. Tracy uh, Lett wrote Bug back in 1996, 10 years prior. But he's written The Man from Nebraska, 
um, Orange, um, I'm sorry, County, um, Superior Donuts, Three Sisters, The Stretch, um, Linda, Linda Viss. I mean, this guy's done a lot of stuff. He's been a screenwriter. He's done a lot of film. Um, and, he loves Broadway. And yes. the way that he wrote it would have been fantastic for Broadway. Yeah, even just the just the play itself. Like if you read the play itself, you're like, cool, this is great, but it would not be good for the screen time that he wanted. Right. I mean, to give you guys again, uh, this guy, he is great for his film. He's done Lady Bird, which was given a lot of accolades. He did Ford versus Ferrari. He is current. He has helped do the screenplay for the new Ghostbusters that's coming out later this year, Ghostbusters Afterlife. He did Little Women. This guy is really, really good. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just a lot of problems. So let's talk, let's go through the kind of the plot of this movie. And please, let's chime in our issues with it, because I have issue, like, really awful one. Um, so the movie opens with this dead body in a weird-ass room, right? And then we meet Ashley Judd who's a waitress at a gay bar uh, living in a rundown hotel in Oklahoma, which seems like I already, I'm already taken out of the reality of this movie. <laughs> For real. Like, I, goddamn Oklahoma, first of all, first of all, no offense to any of the audience members that are listening, but fuck Oklahoma. It, it's the fact that they chose Oklahoma. Like, I understand for everything else in the movie, like, you tried to coincide with it, but, like, first of all, like, you shouldn't have gone with Louisiana if you were going to do Oklahoma. You shouldn't have filmed in California if you were going to do Oklahoma. Like, right. that's my biggest qualm, is, like, it was not on site. Like, if you were going to say it's Oklahoma, like, fucking deal with Film the raggedy ass everything that comes mm-hmm. with Oklahoma. Yeah. I, it would be a little bit more believable. Right. No, and you're right. I mean, because none of it looks like Oklahoma, right? Like, none of it really looks like right. Oklahoma. Um, you're like, oh, that's California. And like, wait, wait, wait a minute. That's right. that's not Oklahoma. Right. I, I forgot it was supposed to be in Oklahoma until you guys said so. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's, it's not Oklahoma. So, you know, she's unable, you know, she has her, one of her sons disappeared and um, she's been doing, you know, getting on fucking benders with her lesbian friend, R.C. Who she kisses and makes yep. out with. Because it's Ashley Judd, and that's what she does, and that's awesome. Because, like, <laughs> since we're doing Bug, we decided to, you know, since we had no nipples in Waterworld, yes. we're doing all the nipples here for All Fred. the nipples here. And there's a lot of nipples in this movie. Yeah, there's. Both there's... on and off screen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so... Now we get to the part where I uh, will we'll get into a little bit more, but she's been getting silent phone calls that she thinks are being made by her abusive ex. Keep that in mind. Her abusive ex-husband played by Carrie Connick Jr., which is like totally against type for him, mm-hmm. who has just recently been released from prison. It's also very important to remember that um, the only two different kind of specials for the gay bar is four quarters and a jack and four shots of wild turkey. That's all you can get. So they were so, trying to commit to the bit, but no. <laughs> no, it's not working. And then RC somehow knows this Peter Evans, Michael Shannon. Now here's the other thing I have a problem with this. Okay. It's hopefully this kind of this rural Oklahoma, right? Like kind of everybody like I, we, dude, I live in the Midwest. You've recently come out to the Midwest Everybody knows fucking everybody when you're in a world <laughs> like that, right? Oh, like, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't run across fucking, like, Michael Shannon. Like, oh, we know Michael Shannon. Like, I know this Peter Evans. But he's right. a drifter that comes <laughs> right. in the town. Agnes and Peter, you know, from her PTSD of her son's disappearance and being abused by Harry Connick Jr., the drama starts, not the psychological horror, the drama starts, where these two get together and have a very toxic relationship. Um, codependent. There's a yeah, lot. Of but see, it, it almost, it almost, it's like it's it's instant that like the codependency happens because she's talking to homegirl and she's like, oh man, who the fuck did you bring over here? And she's like, no, he's cool. Like he's cool. Like if you don't, if you don't like it, like come to the party afterwards and we'll get we'll get fucked up, which she's already doing. Like they were yeah. already getting fucked up. So yep. there's that. But like she makes a comment. She's like, I don't know. Like fucking, why'd you invite this serial killer over here? <laughs> and that was the that was the exact moment where Michael Shannon was like, "Oh, I'm trying to be with that bitch." Like yeah. that's that's the exact first sign of trauma bonding because yep. he says, "I'm not a serial killer." Three fucking times after that, yeah, I counted because you know I'm supposed to. And absolutely, you are. And you're a professional. Like, God damn it, fucking for real. And he's like, "I'm not a serial killer," and so she doesn't respond to it. And then when he says it the second time, homegirl kind of glances. And then he's like, well, I'm, 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 I'm not a serial killer. And she's like, no, I didn't say that. And he's like, you super did. And so now, not only are they trauma bonded, but she like lightweight fucking intoxicatedly gaslit him. So he's yep. like, yeah, this shit is tight as fuck. You know what? I'm going to stay here. I love yeah. her. And then he very quickly flips things around and convinces her that he was a subject of biological testing for the U.S. government. And convinces her that the silent phone calls are being made by the government agents who somehow know he's going to show up. Yeah, knew before. Um, This is some grade A QAnon conspiracy theory shit. Like, this is... Sorry, sponsor, but it is. Um, (laughs) and, And, like, right away, the fact that she's in on it. Like, again, this is my problem with this movie. When I got this movie... Um, and I didn't go to the theater for it. I saw it. Um, it was at a rental. You know, the the box made it look like a horror. When you read the back of the box, it was psychological horror. And expecting these bugs. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. Like, this is going to get... Like, that's what I was expecting with this movie, right? And I'm this far in. And even now, I still have that bitterness from that experience. Because this could have been a really good horror movie. It sure could have. But this is like the complete wrong way of showing this kind of relationship. I'm, I'm sure the play is better. I'm sure the play the, is better. The, the play reads so much better. Um, and just just for what it is, you're able to understand that, like where she's coming from, and you're able to understand like why he chose the wording that he did. And you're, you're able to see like all the, like you're, you're able to read the nuances and like there, there are no nuances here. It's just like a big ass shit show, but it's a shit show because the, whoever decided to, to film it the way they did, they, okay. So the movie in itself, like the way that he handles Michael Shannon, certain things throughout Mm -hmm. the movie, like before he's fucking scratching his whole goddamn skin off right um before that like it's handled in such a way that like it could make sense yes like len a lot of it like there's not very much that needs more convincing because even when he talks about like oh you know like i i don't want to talk about it i don't 
I, I, I really don't want to get you involved with this stuff. And like, you could genuinely see that he is like, look, I'm going through some shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, li- I like being around you, but I'm going through some fucking shit right now. And, you know, it, it's unhealthy. Was it, that? Hmm? was it that or was it I don't want the government to get you and part of his paranoid delusion? Not in the beginning. In the beginning. Not in the beginning. Yeah. You don't you don't know that because like he, he, this is not. A, oh, my gosh. His paranoid delusion just like snapped wildly into reality. Like that is a set ingrained he's had this delusion that he thinks that he is a government test experiment and that shit is going wrong for him because of the government and yes at that i think that even at that point when he was like oh well i don't want to tell you oh i shouldn't tell you i think that's less of like i'm dealing with some things that I don't want to bring you into it and more of I'm scared that the government is going to also kill you so I shouldn't tell you. Now yeah. that's an interesting cause I have a, I have I have a separate um opinion. Like this is really interesting because my point of view was this was him drawing her in. This was him recognizing the trauma that she had as well and it, I don't understand he's batshit. Yeah, this was like him adding to their toxicity. See, yeah, I, like I I understand that. I don't now that you've said it, I understand why why it would look that way. I think for myself, just the way that it was filmed, like if I'm if I'm taking the play part out of it, if I'm trying to just only watch it at like base level, I feel like just the way that it was filmed when him saying, like, I don't want to bring you into it, like I I've got some shit going on right now. And then like still things are still kind of fine visually. There's a there's a specific moment when he's like Oh, well, he when he gets off the couch, when he's not sleep, when he's like, I can't fucking sleep on this and lays on the floor and we look at the at the fucking fan and then the helicopter shit starts going off. I feel like it's that exact moment where he was like, and just lost his whole fucking cookies. I just think that that was part of it. Like, you know, like when you talk about people like with PTSD, they have. Yeah, they have their triggers. Right. Set him into a manic state. And I think that's That's what that was. But I think it was always there. But so he explains to her about the about the anonymous calls and the government, you know, is realizes that, you know, he that somehow in some way they knew they were going to meet. Well, this gets her hotter than Cardi B on a fucking vehicle with no suspension. (laughs) And they fuck. And nipples galore. It's the worst sex scene I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. Yeah, it's not great. But uh, (laughs) then I'd rather watch Maroon 5. (laughs) <laughs> then after they you know after he um is in the business of giving her gut locker the business he then tells her that her room's been infested by bugs and that the <laughs> government sent them there as part of the experiment and I she <laughs> yeah yeah she you know it gets dick drunk and completely buys into his shit i have an right? std <laughs> for real like it was it was it would have been fucking fine it would have been fine but he woke up so violently mm-hmm. and fucking slapped the shit out of his arm yeah and was like oh and she's like what the fuck is your issue and like she was fine but then you know that fucking like you just got that good dick and then you wake up and then not only are you dick drunk, but now any other set of fucking insecurities and flaws that happen within you, you're immediately trying to resolve all of them with that dick that just fucking whatever the fuck he did. 
Yes. So and all of her fear of abandonment, fucking more trauma bounding, and just the whole entire rest of the movie is just being able to watch the process of fear just drowning out logic and reason. It gets, yeah, it gets odd. So then, you know, now she starts getting fucking bad shit from this toxic relationship. And now RC, our lesbian um, protagonist, <laughs> that's not the protagonist, um, tries to convince them to get away. With garbage acting. He was just, it's, it's, not, it's not convincing at all. And mentions that there's a man named Dr. Sweet that is looking for him. Um, but um, <laughs> then he has a fucking episode. She's like, "Go away, RC. I gotta tend to my man because I'm dick drunk and ga- gaslit and toxic. Yeah, this is my man. He gives me good dicking. I don't care how crazy right. he is. And it because only let's be once. fair, guys. Crazy fucks good, right? That's that's just what it is. I mean, because they have nothing Buck else Cherry going said. on for him. Yeah, right. Buck Cherry did say so. You're right. Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry. You gotta gotta go with Buck Cherry. So then they start. Like the film starts to kind of take a weird time frame, and you know, it feels like you kind of lose sense of time and how long things have been going on. Um, but soon they're um, sealing themselves in and covering shit with fly paper and the aluminum foil and the bug did zapper. They, did they Amazon all this like plastic and bug zapper lanterns and like did they Amazon- and the fucking microscope? You know, in 2006? Mm, you know, that's a great point. No, and I don't know no, the that microscope the... used to be her son's. Yes, yes, Word. yes. That, yep, you're right there. It was a child's Word. microscope. But yeah. you bring up a good point because that's a lot of fucking trips Guys. to um, the fucking, you know, and nobody Harper said anything. In, in the little tiny Oklahoma where, what, they they have 20 of these bug zapper lanterns <laughs> that yeah. they bought them out at Ace Hardware? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Ace Hardware and fucking fries. Gosh, be gosh. Yeah, right. Was was fucking Fedco still a thing in two thousand six? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Was it in Oklahoma at the time? <laughs> I mean, for real, huh? Right. I'm thinking they got Ace Hardware and Hardware Hank. Uh, you know, they got Ace and, and, and Hank out there. I think that's about it. And maybe a fucking Pomida. Um, but that's about it. Not a Pomida. Oh my God. <laughs> Not enough so, of the supplies they covered that freaking hotel room with. Like, did they? they I, did they have Costco? Right? Costco they didn't have good. Costco memberships. Who, you know, who so, took those motherfuckers into a Costco? No, I'm like fucking RC could have. Maybe she was tripping. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Believable. More <laughs> believable stuff. They could have fucking bought. They could have stole it. Totally believable. So, I want to know when they left. They never left. No. Right. Well, and that's he what I'm did saying. like twice, but the like time that's frame, it. the time frame gets really fucked up here, right? Um, and this will come up to the end, I think. We'll, we'll discuss that more, like who left and what happened, and you know, when we get to the end of this thing. But um, so then, Peter, at this point, Peter thinks that there's bugs in one of his teeth. Michael Shannon, like this is a like this is Michael Shannon being Michael Shannon. Like <laughs> I think Michael Shannon could actually be the next Nick Cage if he wanted to be because he tears that motherfucker out. He sure and, does. And with, you know, like, it's 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 like, wow. In the mirror. Yeah, good job, Michael Shannon. And then using the microscope, he says that there's bugs in it and um, crushes the tooth. And Agnes just takes him as, as his belief and says, oh, yeah, bugs, and helps him with it. And, like, his fucking so mouth is all bloody as shit. How did you not get like fucking dry socket? 
Right. I mean, he ripped that bitch out by the roof. Now, again, you could say that's the horror element of it, but that's just more a disturbing part. Yeah, right. that's just disturbing. Um, so enter Dr. Sweet. And sweet. <laughs> sweet. And he tells Agnes that our that Michael Shannon uh, escaped a mental institution and has delusions about insects. And then fucking Michael Shannon comes in and kills him and tells her he was a robot sent by the government. And she buys it. <laughs> She's all in. He says, it's okay, it's not a real person. This is super robot. Mm-hmm. Which, well, okay, all right. It's now, such a good now, robot that it looks humid when I stab it. And right? if you're that far gone, okay. Like, I'll even, I'll even accept that part. They tried to throw in, like, a maybe he really was a robot kind of thing. It was real brief, but mm-hmm. he was like, she was like, oh, well, how do I know? How do I know? Like, blah, blah, blah. How do you know this? And then this motherfucker starts smoking some weed. And I'm like, wait a minute now. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're a doctor. You should just lighten up right now. Like, what's really cracking on? And a robot. Why does a robot need weed? That's all I'm right. going to say. Why does yeah. a robot need weed? A robot doesn't need weed to calm down. Right. Then we get the two that. Um, you know, that now he's brought her in saying that a that 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 her son was kidnapped by the government to lead them together, um, and that they need to mate so that way the bugs can take over the world. And which delusions and, reach its final form, yeah, 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 yeah. Finally, yeah, it's it's over 9,000 at this point, oh, so they why it's um. So, yeah, then um, they douse each other gasoline and set themselves ablaze. And that's the end of the movie. The end. Now, there is an end credit. If you if you go through, did you guys see the the scene in the end credits? Oh, God. The thing is, they see the toys and the rooms are fine. There's no sign of the aluminum foil. And the movie's back at the original shot of the dead body on the floor, which was Dr. Sweet. Um, So. There's a lot of ideas that what did we see that really happened. So this is. So the supplies might have not even been real. So this 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 is the this is where I have the issue with the movie, because not that I need everything to be explained. Believe me, some of my favorite movies are movies that lead you with some sense of your idea of, of what happened, right? <laughs> yeah, but this is done poorly in that regards. But it does kind of give the sense of okay, and I hate this kind of thing where it's just unreliable narrator you know point of view the whole time and you know i like that with some sprinkling of some realism in it okay but this is just this doesn't give you any sign that this is what's happening here until this end scene of the movie and then you're like well what what the fuck was the point you know like okay you could have given me hints throughout the movie you could have dropped little things here and there little glimpses that things were off like just a really cool panel like the moon being back to normal and being like wait are what we're seeing happening and then bring that in and go oh interesting and elaborate a little bit on it like this just did not translate well to the to the film and it's unfortunate that no one caught this and that they just left it the way it is that's my opinion what's your guys' thoughts on that I'm mad that they would put it at the end credits, like right. fucking as that bad as like the shit is just watching it. Mm-hmm. Like as like you sit through that whole ass film and you watch it and you're like, this was garbage. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I hope there's something at the end. Like the fuck. No, yeah. no, 
No. no. So, all right. We all agree that it just didn't work for different reasons. And I thought it was really interesting how we had different points of view what was going on, which normally would be the indication of a good movie. Unfortunately, nobody knows what the fuck this thing's about. And nobody, it's not compelling enough to make us really care. We're not digging into, well, I think it's this way because of all these things. It just doesn't matter. And that's a sign of a bad film. So, with that, <sighs> boy, Gerd, let's um, let's do our casting. Uh, first of all, let's start with um, let's start with our directors. If you could pick this movie and redo it in two thousand six, who's directing it for you? Ooh, How are we fixing um, it? And what's see, so... what's your vision? What's your vision, by the way? Um, let's see. So I would, I think I would I would definitely have a better location. So there's that. Like, I just, that's, that's the first one. And, um, my directors are actually a two part thing. Mm. It was going to be a double director thing because I think that they would work well for what I envision it to be. I think that I want, I definitely want it more psychological, but I want like, like you said earlier, I want more sprinkles of like, Hey, what the fuck's going on? Like, I want more illusion to like, Mm-hmm. Is this real? Is it not? Like what? Like like kind of what Inception like have did. Have the scene glitch out? Yeah, yes. you know, yes. like how Inception was like. All right, is Leonardo like? Is he dead? Like what? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like is he still dreaming? Like I, I, this that's the kind of illusion. Like that, did he actually pull his tooth out? Yeah, what, right. You know, like right. what was he really ripping off his skin? Like is is fucking Michael Shannon actually real? Is this all just Ashley Judd's illusion? Like all that right. kind of thing. You know, so Absolutely. So, um I think so I put two of them and uh it would be M Night Shyamalan because I think that he would definitely get the Shyamalan. I think he would get the views of like all right for the illusions part, mm-hmm. like just to be able to to hint at whatever else should be going on, and I think that Andre Aja, the one who did The Hills Have Eyes, I think yes. that just location wise and like being able to pull it all together, like that, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, so of the two, I know you do this all the time. You pick two, but of the two, I'm gonna make you stick to one. Which one are you sticking with? I can't. What do you? Oh, okay. What? All right. All right. All right. Uh, Fair enough. I give this whole last explanation. You're like, no, you still need to. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. All right. He's saying they would work together. You're saying they yeah, would work the together. Okay. That's yeah. an interesting dynamic. Um, I will admit I have, well, I'll, I'll say mine and then we'll go back through. So I'm kind of in the same boat with you on this one. In and that, you're going to fucking make me choose one and you're in the same boat. This guy. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I have one director. I have one oh, director. Okay. okay. I'm in the same boat of what I want the movie to be. If this is really supposed to be a psychological horror, I want that psychological horror. If this is supposed to be something where you're questioning what's really going on in the movie and what it all means and really giving it some good layers. Because, you know, it was hard. I will admit the the, the recasting was a little difficult for me because there are a lot of strong actors in this. But at the same time, this does need a far better captain at the ship. Someone that's really good at making people feel disturbed when they're watching their movies and afterwards feel like they need to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. So I went with Lars von Trier. Oh, okay. Yes. Of Nymphomaniac and Mother and that, those, those veins. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like cringe horror. 
like cringe, like like cringe horror, because like again, there's some really cringy things in here that just weren't done effectively. I feel like if there, there should be like a scene, just I I feel like we were kind of robbed of like another, I guess another space of emotional investment for, um, for the sun. I think if we had. Even if we had, like, a tiny-ass glimpse of, like, him in the supermarket. Like, even if it were just, like, his his little feet yep. and, like, Her we don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, like, just so that we could either allude to, you know, she lost him, he was kidnapped, you know, fucking maybe he didn't get snatched up when he was that age. You know, like, just just some sort of more emotional investment because i i didn't feel as invested in ashley judd as i wanted to right and that's that's because you know we just went straight into trauma bonding and like immediate fear of abandonment and i'm like yeah. fuck bitch like i have literally i've dated too many people for this kind of shit like i don't want well, to watch it on screen when right, you no. when you do that and you just like ignore her whole part of her trauma then it just makes him look extraordinarily crazy and yep. i feel like Maybe the person who wrote the play was trying to show that like PTSD is so misunderstood and that people like see it as this like super violent and dangerous illness and all this stuff. But it portrays it as like, oh, they're crazy and we need to just like get rid of them instead of like being an advocate for PTSD. And and I also think that this that in the way you guys are also talking about it, it sets up a problem where. Ashley Judd is basically just a plot device mm -hmm. for Michael Shannon. There's no real development there. We have no true investment other than what is this crazy bitch doing with this crazy guy? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are done wrong. I think that's why we all kind of looked at this and went, this, this doesn't work on multiple levels. Right. And they didn't depict men mental illness correctly. Like, no, I mean, not there's not necessarily a, a correct way to do it, but this was absolutely the wrong way to do it. The wrong way like, to do it. Like I was mentioning earlier, you know, he had he had some decent points when he was saying some things, you know, we were like, oh, man, all right, that could that could be some shit. But just because of all this, uh, like like him ripping the fuck out of his teeth or his tooth. Mm -hmm. And like just sitting there, you know, bleeding out and then smashing his tooth, it it, it, leg it delegitimizes, delegitimizes, you know, what he's going on. Yeah. And same thing know. with the arm. Same thing with the arm, right? Like Right. And so if you're just going to, you know, put crazy batshit people in order to get your fucking point across, like that's not the right way to do it. No. So now let's get to who else did you want? You know, we did some recasting. What orders do you want to go in? Who's next? Who are we going to talk about for recasting there? Um, Boy Jachard. Um, let's see. I get, we can we can do uh, the the lesbian friend next. Okay, so I, I did her also. Okay, well, was that your surprise one? Oh, word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, there you go. So let's do, <laughs> let's, okay, yeah. let's do let's do the abusive boyfriend. Let's do let's do um, Jerry um, Jerry. Ooh, I didn't even recast him. Oh, okay, okay, you did because right. well, I I think for whoever all the other people that I have going on, who, who's your next recast then? Let's see, I have Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon recast. Okay, who would you redo for your Ashley Judd? Oh, Charlize Theron. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. The fuck? <laughs> Hands down. Like, that bitch was in Monster? Hell yeah, that's it. Run it. We, we landed on the same person for the exact same reason. Fuck yeah. 
Yep, I had Charlize Theron on, and I immediately went monster because here's my problem with Ashley Judd in this movie: she was too pretty. She, in my in my mind, it's I mean she was too pretty, and and I know Charlize Theron is gorgeous, but she's not monster, not can monster. Drop it down though. Yeah, 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 and she drops it down, but good, right? Like she and can she look just terrifying. Like that bitch, and, though, so like, yeah, and she can really dig into a character that's traumatized and like on drugs and really mm-hmm. get that look. Mm-hmm. That yeah, so I'm with you on that one. Okay, so we had the same person, so that's obviously mm-hmm. right on. So that's who'd you have is. then for Michael Shannon? Um, so for Michael Shannon, um, who's great, but I think that for what I'm looking for, I wanted a little more. I, like he wasn't psychologically crazy. Like mm-hmm. if we're if we're trying to if we're trying to get there, you know, with like, oh fuck, what's he gonna do next? Like Michael Shannon doesn't have surprise what the fuck you're gonna do next. Like you when he walks in, you're like, mm, he might be into some fishy shit. But mm-hmm. you're not like almost uneasy looking at him until after he does weird shit. So for Michael Shannon, I chose Giovanni Rabisi because uh. that motherfucker is so dynamic. And just, mm-hmm. like, him being able to get into character. And mm-hmm. if they were to make him look, like, a little already... T- like, if they had him walk in with, like, some sort of shoulder tick, you would already know some shit was about to crack off. Right. I could get that. I could get that. I had a similar idea in regards to I love Michael Shannon. Um, but we have to recast. And this wasn't a great role for him, per se. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are scenes where you're like, you get that Michael Shannon awesomeness. You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. But for as little as that's there and the rest of it, he's just, I think he plays the character all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with someone who is a little bit more method and I think can has done some really, gotten into some really crazy roles and made them very believable. Um, I went with uh, Ed Norton. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I went don't, with Ed I don't know. See, mm. we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you already you already revealed your surprise. I have two, but that's all. Okay, right, so. okay, that's why I got <laughs> two surprise ones as well. So me. give me. So let's start with your RC. Let's start with your lesbian friend. Who's your my lesbian? RC? Christina Applegate. Very nice. She yeah. would have done so much better. So much. Like better. even there's a specific hair flip that that the RC does, and I literally like I rewound it three times so that Smoke <laughs> could watch it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, look at this bullshit-ass fucking hair flip. Like, Christina Applegate could never. Hands down. And, like, Giovanni Ribisi and fucking Christina Applegate, like, that, just just them being in the same room, you know, some shit would be weird. So, for me, my other one was the abusive boyfriend, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, because Harry Connick Jr. was completely... I'm sorry. He's done so, many, so much wholesome fucking movies and shit. And I'm just like, n- no... No, it's Harry, like all I see is Harry Connick Jr. from like Hallmark, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> um, I wanted someone with a little bit more bite, and I thought we could get a little bit more out of it, even though he's not in a whole fuck lot. I went with Vince Vaughn for Jerry. Oh, in that era, maybe because yeah, be in that era because not now we know Vince for being fucking comedy and things like that. But you look yeah. at some of his stuff does, and he would have that snap character, which is okay. But explode. like Vince, Vince Vaughn, and what though? Like, like where? Well, okay, like, 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 what kind of Vince Vaughn are we gonna get? Yeah, because I like, 
I'm I'm a little shaky on on the okay. Vince Vaughn business. Okay, so my idea of Vince Vaughn is something like Swingers, Vince Vaughn, um, something along the lines of the Cell, Vince Vaughn, um, something along the line of Psycho, Vince Vaughn. Okay, all right. You, See, you know, okay, okay, yeah, that dark. Right. Like I said, in the early '90s and 2000s, he was different. Then he kind of got into that groove after. The cell, he got in the Zoolander, got in the old school, got in the fucking Starsky and Hutch and all those. And then he became a comic guy. But you got to remember, he was doing more serious roles back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm talking him getting back to like his beginning, like when he was crawling up in the trying to be a serious actor. But it's fun because he has it. He does have it. I, I've heard, there was one that you said that I forgot about. So, so the cell, you're right. OK, OK. Yep. All right. Yep. OK. Yep. Okay, He's so who's Peter Novak? Right. <laughs> yeah, who's your next one? Who's your Who's your other surprise one for me? Oh, the music score. Okay, oh, I love how I'm you always so go for the music. I love I'm it. Fucking like, well, the reason I always go for the music score because like, no matter what movie it is, no matter where it is or whatever, there's always going to be one person at least at the end of the movie that's waiting for the music. It's not the the one, the fade out credits one, but that second one that's always like, this is my shit. Like, so yep. like you, you always got to give a shout out to the music buffs. Um, so the one who wrote the score was Brian, Ta- Brian Tyler. Um, Correct. He did fast and the furious and yep. transformers. He worked with Danny Elfman and all that, but like sort of in the same vein, I would have done Steven Jablonski who also did Transformers, but he also did um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning, yes. which is my personal favorite um, it's, Texas it's a, Chainsaw Massacre. It's one of the best. It's one of the better and, ones. Like, I, I watched that fucking 15 times over, and the soundtrack was amazing. Was so really I think good. for what I'm looking for, I definitely think that Steven would be fantastic for the recast. Uh, well, for my... Surprise one. I went back to the writer well. Yeah. Um, as much as I like Tracy Letts, the problem I think Tracy Letts had with this was he was too attached to his play. And when he wrote and did the adaptation for the screenplay, he had too much of the theater in his mind for this one for, for movie. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, if I went with the director of Lars von Trier, he's also going to write it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to take that play and he's going to make it adaptable. He's going to give us more than three rooms. Right. He's going to give us more of what's going on. He's going to give us more outside and exterior and actual fucking let the movie breathe versus looking at it from a three-part stage. Um, so that's where I went with my right. Like, like nothing against Tracy. Like, absolutely, the, the, the play, keep it based on the play, but you got to let it breathe into a movie. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you like a half a point for that one, because it's almost cheating to give him the, the same shit because that's what, kind of what bug the other 2017 bug did. It was, you know, <laughs> yes, um, yes, yeah. But they did like four different things. I mean, yeah, but they're stupid. So there's that. I, I will, but, and like, I will say again, any Lars von um, Lars von Trier movie, he writes, he writes and directs it. Yeah, yeah. That's so writing and directing is okay. It's just point. like. When you go into like production and editing, editing. as well as yeah. right. directing and, and yeah. writing, like that's a lot. I've seen movies where people write, direct, star, edit, um, fucking produce, oh, and, and fucking do the music <laughs> for it. So, um, yeah. Geez. 
Yeah. I think I think as part of the writing, like if you're gonna if you're gonna keep Lars in there, I think part of the writing crew, I think we should also put Eli Roth in there if you're gonna do it. I can I can I I'll give you that. Absolutely. Okay. Because I'll totally give you Eli Roth in there. Because he he's like he's he's there, but I think with Lars he he would be able to take it to the next the next fucking level. Yeah. So I don't know if we necessarily need to debate on this one because we both had the same actress. We picked a lot of the different people, um, you know, in this thing in terms of mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm going to go with your pick for um, the Michael for Peter, because, yeah, Edward Norton, I, I, as, as good as he is, I also think at that point he was already up his own ass, which became yeah. a problem. Yeah. 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 And he, nope. what, what was he doing in fucking 2006? Oh, fuck. I can't remember. Uh, I, I know that he did fucking The Incredible oh. Hulk in 2008 like a fucking dumbass. So. Yeah, I and think he, he would have been too soft for this. Yeah. He, he I don't been, think he would have been so there. Like, this is well past fucking two, American History X and Fight Club. Well he was past. doing the, he did The Illusionist in 2006. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Soft. Yep. Swaft. Yep. yep. Swaft. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was not in his 80s rounders, American History so X, oft. the people versus I, yeah, primal fear, yeah. Red, red dragon. I don't, I don't think that Ed would be able to get weird, though. Like, I don't think that he'd be able to be spacey weird because I don't like just taking how he acts in Fight Club. He doesn't he doesn't transcend that character. You know He's not I mean? a Nick Cage. He's not a Nick Cage. If that's what you're implying. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. He does, who, he, I, who was like, on I my shortlist? Hmm. Nick Cage was on my shortlist, but I'm like, if I'm going to put him in a Lars von Trier movie, it's going to clash like oil and water. Oh yeah, no, Nick Cage no. is going to take it to a comedic level, and this is this, yeah. this is not where I want it to go. With that stupid ass weird voice he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking relax. Or, or if he does, I'm a vampire. I'm right. a vampire. Mm-hmm. He's running around mm-hmm. going. I got bugs. I uh-huh. got bugs. Take my tooth out. <laughs> right. And then has her Every do it. My stall. Can you fucking imagine Charlize Theron being like, uh, I guess I'll take your fucking tooth out. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so, no. yeah, I think we all agree on like the major flaws that were this movie. And, it, you know, again, I'm going to say for a movie that had a $4 million budget and had the star power of Harry Connick Jr., Ashley Judd, and Michael Shannon, you made a big mistake. I feel like they tried to do it. I feel like they all were so committed and like they read the play and then were so ready because I mean, that's all actors are just a whole bunch of fucking theater kids and like waiting for a better, you know, moment to shine. Like, I mean, look at fucking what's his name? Who's the one that does the voice of Groot? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't remember. The, yeah, yes, yes. I, okay. I don't have so like, yep. like he's a theater kid, and he was doing great. And then you know, Fast and Furious, and like all these things. Vin and Vin then Diesel. it's Vin yes. Diesel. And then yeah, that's right, Vin Diesel. And then like now that motherfucker's doing music. Like, mm, well, and, and 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 you know, here, you hear a lot of actors talk about how they do the big blockbuster movies, right. so they take the artistic roles that they want to take, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And but then they get typecast, and then they get typecast. Yeah, I, but I, then they make money to do their fucking art, like right. And yeah, it. it I mean, yeah, there's, there's no reason why anybody should have made money doing this. Um, now I'm going to talk about Rotten Tomatoes because this always pisses me off. <laughs> because again, I don't, I don't know agree why with, you do that. I, I have 
do not agree with something where 65% is fucking rated fresh. Um, again, if I got a 65% on anything in my life, I'm probably going to get you know an F or get fired from my job. Um, right. This movie is sitting at a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is just three points below their rated fresh. <laughs> Smoke the Bear, do you have any comments on our picks? Uh, no, I feel like they would enhance the framework of this movie. And like, if we can just like pull it away from being like a this is mental illness and turn it more into like an actual horror movie, mm-hmm. then yeah. it would be worth watching again. Which is not what's happening. Like, well, they, they both no were. Whirlwind. Yeah, like yeah. they they both were they both were just products of fucking circumstance like it's like oh man hey this girl invited me to this fucking hotel and now like i'm telling this bitch about my trauma and now we're fucking crazy together yeah and for her she's like oh this homegirl like brought this dude to my fucking hotel and you know now we're in paranoia induced fucking excuse me drug induced paranoia and fucking uh, let's kill each other and the yeah right and the other thing that bothers me is is that agnes the, the lesbian friend, or, 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 um, or excuse me, not Agnes, R.C., she's the one that supposedly knew this right. drift guy. And then so, later was like, no, I've only met you once, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on, you can't backpedal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you say this after they've been together for, like, X amount of time. It's been at least three be, weeks. I was yeah. even thinking months, honestly. Well, I'm like, this has got to I mean, be months. Well, okay, so in the beginning, fucking whatever his name, uh, McConnick, McConnick, what his name? Uh, Harry Connick. Oh, yeah, oh, Harry Connick. Yeah, yeah, yeah Harry Connick. So in the beginning, Harry Connick is like, I got to go and run a couple errands. I'm going to go do something, and I'll be back in no more than two or three weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there's that time frame where, like, she does come in again because she's like, hey, you want to hang out? And, like, when he shows up, then I, th- I think RC shows up like randomly and then like leaves out the frame again. Yep. So there, right there, there was at least three weeks tops. If if homeboy is true to his word, and I'm assuming that he is because like he was in the slammer and he, you know, robbed her for her money. So I'm we'll assume that that was three months or excuse me, three weeks. Okay, okay, okay so okay, there's okay. three weeks yep. that pass. Yep. You didn't say anything then. And she, they were acting real fucking weird then. Yeah, yeah. Where were you this whole time? Again, you yeah. work together. Has she been going right. to work? Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you been going to your job? What's been happening? Yeah. What is going? Like I said, there's just too much that's left out, and that you go, okay, this is just creating plot hole, and right. it's taking me out of the movie. Yeah. Right. But, yep. but to be like you know, unlike the other bug, there weren't unnecessary scenes. They just <laughs> weren't. They just weren't good scenes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's, I think, uh, a good tear apart of 2006's Bug, along with a wonderful synopsis of the 2017 Bug um, <laughs> from uh, Smoke the Bear and Boy Gargagrin. Let's um, move on and let's do another ad. And I understand that you have games after our ad. Is that correct? I do. Boy, I've, got, I've got a couple, a couple of them. I'm excited because uh, I do not know what these games are. So yeah. let's go to our let's go to our next ad and come back for game time. Oh, 
Are you tired of insects harassing your epidermis? Are you sick of are you are you sick of playing the snares in your kneecaps? Are those invertebrates infesting your indoor sanctuary? Here at Beezy's Buzz and Zappum Warehouse for hoarders and antisocial incubators, we've got fly zaps and fly traps and avid snaggers and aphid oil beater bobbers. Fuck, those are the worst. Cow killer killers and clover mice and aluminum foil. We've got those blue light shits and zap fucking things that make noise and we have those dangly hybrid creatures. Fuck! Dang fucking creature hanging things. Holy shit, they're fucking everywhere. Look, man, if you got bugs, which I know you do, they're everywhere, stupid skin-crawling bastards, then you should hurry up and stock up on sugar spray, too, and foil, because the man is putting more bugs in to watch us. They know, man. They know. You'll be safe at BZ's. Come by sometime. Well, that was another interesting uh, sponsor that we had this episode. Um, I don't know. We might. We. I hope we don't lose our spot we, on the showdown. We need, we need new ones. <laughs> I think we need to be a little bit more selective going forward. All right, um, Ollie G, you have um, games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Okay, so um, there are. It's a couple of them. Um, okay. They're just, they're just questions, though, because, you know, why not? Okay, so uh, the first one. So you're in a race, right? Mm-hmm. And you're competing. Mm-hmm. And whatever whatever this competition is. And, and you place. Okay, so would you rather you have placed first, second, or third? Why? Ooh. Um, do I? Okay, let me ask you this. Can I ask a question about it? or is that... if you, Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, so is there different prizes depending on which place I take? No. Okay, it's all the same. You get the, you get the same oh. medal, and, but like you know, prize gold, driven, huh? It's like <laughs> I mean, you know, it <laughs> says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, right? Shit, it, you know, gold, bronze, the gold, silver, bronze. That's it. Well, I'm just wondering, like, you know, if like, I, you know, if if like I'm gonna get something really fucking awesome for third place, and uh, like cash prize is number one, but I really want the other thing, and the other thing costs more than the cash prize. I mean, I don't know, maybe. It, <laughs> okay, no, it, let me think. Um, ooh, first, second, or third. I mean, if I'm in a competition, in a race or whatever, you know, I'm probably going to want, I mean, just my, my personality, right? Oh, I feel like I'm in a goddamn psych test here. Um, am I going to get the bugs after this answer? Uh, probably. You better go get some fucking aluminum foil at BZ's. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, um, I mean, I'm probably going to go first because that's going to give me a better shot. Uh, I'm guessing there's probably like a... a um, uh, a group of it, you know, so like, you know, you always get better placing for the next one if you're first. Mm-hmm. So that's probably setting me up for the next one. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go okay. first place. All right. Smoke, what about you? It's just like a regular old race. It's look, you're, you're in a race and you're competing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the competition was, but you placed. Then I placed in first. Yeah, y'all are y'all are fucking outrageous. 
What's wrong with this? I don't understand. No, there's 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 nothing wrong with it. Like first you that's like gunning, 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 and then you're fucking burned out. For me personally. Like second place, like second place is cool, but like you're not first. You know what I mean? Like you're just not first. But third place, like I personally, depending on what it was, hit me with that third place. Like I'm probably not even supposed to have been competing. You know what I mean? Like, I probably wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. I'm just happy to be on the fucking podium. You know, like, I'm not second because no, whoever, who, oh, man, yeah, that person came in second place. Like, nobody ever remembers second place. But third place, I got a medal. You know, I got to stand on the podium. I got some fucking flowers. I can kind of see where you're coming from because when you look at, say, the 1994 uh, infamous skating Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember who got first? No. Do you remember who got third? No. But you remember Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> yeah, well, see? There you go. Yeah, but that's see? not because she got second. That's because she stabbed the bitch. Right. <laughs> no, that, no, she didn't stab it. She was the one that got hit in the knee. Oh, but see, she was the one who got stabbed. Yeah, she's right. the one who got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's happen- that's happenstance, you know what I mean? So like like for me, mm-hmm. like you could you could be the Michael Phelps of everything. And that's cool. I want whoever is competing to do the best that they can, very best that there's nobody ever been except you first place winner. That's great. But if I'm just trying to get on the podium, like if I was if I was hauling ass and I'm like, fuck, dude, like this is dope. Fuck, this is really taking a lot out of me. Like, third is cool. I was in seventh place before this, and then you know what? I said you I was a little engine that could, and now and now I place and I could just put it on my wall. And I never have to do it again. Well, and the you're kind of that guy that like wants to just float and get, you know, get his thing and not have to worry about the all the bullshit that comes with number one. I personally do not want to be big famous. Like, can you imagine just trying to take a shit and then a paparazzi just shows up under the stall? Like, oh, he wipes with his left hand. Like, you know, <laughs> Dude, like, I, I just spread him for him and fucking shat all over him and be like, here see, you go. <laughs> that's, Get that, in there. See? I, Get in no, there. No, thanks. See, but look, if it's a hypothetical, then I'm going to win. Like, I'm why? Why? Why would I like, oh, I'm going to imagine this race that I'm in where I don't win. Like, why would I imagine it? I, <laughs> I mean, I mean I if you're trying to be the most winning, then if sure. If I'm going to imagine it, I'm going to win. Third is going to get first. No. It's not most winning, no, but it is not winning. First, it's not first. No, it's, it's technically not winning. You're still going to get I'm all up on Mountain Dew. Yeah, well, like spider monkey. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You could hella do that. <laughs> They're winners, Chip. Right. <laughs> All right. So, I, I have I have a game that we that I'm gonna uh, expand upon from our last our last episode. Last episode, I asked you about the best titty shots uh, in a movie. Um, it wasn't this, actually good. It, it wasn't, sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. <laughs> so. This episode, I'm going to ask you guys, what is your top three either cock shots or packages that you've seen in a movie? Like, top three? Yeah, the top okay. three. Like, maybe like the first pants one, first are showing one, up really easily. tight and junk. Fucking first one easily, Bruce Willis and fucking Pulp Fiction. Like, 
fucking off top. All right. Number two. in the shower, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that Mm -hmm. shit was jank as fuck. Yep. Okay. Does it have to be movies? Does not have to be movies. Okay. Number two is because we just watched Survivor. Colby was waiting for the fucking, (laughs) the fucking, uh, what is it? What was that, season three? Yeah, season three. He was waiting for all the the finale, the votes, the finale. He was sitting there live and in color. That motherfucker had spreading. Man spread, fucking spread eagle on his fucking little knees and shit and everything. You see his cock and balls and every single Mushers. time someone, Damn. every time fucking Jeff read the names, he got harder and harder. <laughs> and you know what? I'm fucking here for it. It was interesting. That was like, and then was so was so excited. Probably didn't even realize he was fucking fully erect. Hard. And fucking jumped around and picked Tina right the fuck up and gave her a full blown hug. Man, Over you can't write shit like that. <laughs> you can't. You just can't write shit like that. And you're number three. Ooh, number three. Okay. <sighs> that one fucking guy in um in beauty shop, like the only black dude or the only dude in beauty shop. Like they're all convinced that he's gay, but he just likes white women. He like at one point like they show his crotch, and like it's so sneaky to where I'm like, you know what? I can appreciate that. All right, um, sob. What do you got? Or stb? What do you got? <laughs> uh, Jason Segal and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. that little like shake he does. It's hilarious. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Otherwise, I have a hard time remembering any other dick shots. Uh, I don't care for dick. There you go. All <laughs> right. So my my three are David Bowie in the Labyrinth is number one. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. David Bowie. I'd yeah, make David. that number three. So like, for like mine area. Yeah, but David Bowie in the that. Labyrinth is like rocking some serious fucking junkage in that movie. God pieces. Mm. Codpieces are great. You're right. You're right. I, I can appreciate the shape of a codpiece. I don't think that was. I think that was him. I think Even he's fucking. Better. I think he's hung like a fucking beast. There's a lot of stories about him being hung like a beast. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go okay. with Kevin Bacon in Wild Things because he actually shows Ooh. his junk in Wild Things. I mean, it's it was bound to it was bound to. Kevin we, Bacon's and everything. Yeah, else, we saw right? we saw Bacon's Bacon. I mean, it was uh-huh. great. <laughs> it was. It was uh, it was what it was, and I believe in Velvet Goldmine. I believe you see you and McGregor's. You know, okay, so you and McGregor. In Je- <laughs> there was another one that he's in. Is it fucking? There's another movie he was in too, where you see his you see his junk. Yeah, was it Moulin Rouge? Like it was, that may have been it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, and there it's is. A, it's a, a nice print. Is he's got a he's got a print in there. He's got yeah. a nice print. Oh, honorable fucking mention. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller in Dodgeball mm-hmm. when he's like <laughs> when he fucking like pumps the fuck out of it and then deflates it. Well, like it's so, a good shot. Well, it's a good shot, but it's you know it, I put I, that has been all I mentioned because I thought about fucking Dirk Diggler in mm. Boogie Nights, but that's not real. That's right. a prosthetic. Mm-hmm. So it's like not gonna that's not gonna legit that. Okay, right. All right, let's get to smoke the bear. 
our next feature. What do we got going here? We got the... We are looking at fucking Kids Next Door from Cartoon Network. And to remind our audience how this game works is we don't tell each other. We just say we're going to pick that. We're each going to pick two people randomly from this thing. We just make sure that the other one's not picking the same one. And we don't tell each other what's going on. So then we have to figure out how this movie is going to work. So um, STB, you start us off. Well, I think that we need to start off with uh, number one. Oh, well, I have number one. Then that's where we need to start because that's, you know, that's the leader of the group. That's how it starts. My my number one is a kid who I absolutely, if he's in a movie, I, I watch it. It's Finn Wolfhard. Um, I love Finn Wolfhard. He is Mike in Stranger Things. He was. Uh, um, I fucking knew that shit was gonna happen. I knew somebody somewhere in this bitch was gonna put some Stranger Things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Finn. Well, he's also in. He's also gonna be in the new Ghostbuster movies. He was in it. He is just. He's a fucking powerhouse, and I'm. You know, I really hope he doesn't get the child um, actor syndrome where he gets all fucked up because of it. Because this guy's pure fucking talent. Yeah, for sure. All right. Who has number two? I have number two. All right. Who's your number um, two? My number two is Freddie Highmore. Um, he was Charlie and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yes. He's also Norman Bates in Bates Motel. Yes. I think the, that the he, he is just such a dynamic ass kid. Um, and I think just for what number two was, I think he'd be able to like really elevate it and like. Be like he'd have to gain a whole bunch of fucking weight, but like number know. two, like was actually who was running shit, right? That's what <laughs> so I mean. Like, that's a good, yeah, that's a good behind Finn Wolfhard mm-hmm. character. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Freddie yeah, Highmore right. is fantastic. I, yes, I cannot go wrong with him. Okay, go on. All right, so number three is Kuki Sanban, which Sanban is actually Japanese for number three. <laughs> uh, so Kuki is a uh, Again, Japanese fourth grader who, I don't know, she's freaking weird. So I put, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I put Aquafina. Uh, Yeah. Aquafina was in Ocean 8. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. She is, she's a Japanese American. So that, yes. Keep it, keep it real. Aquafina and I think that she would be man. hilarious. She could totally pull that character off. She, Aqu- Kuki mm-hmm. is a fucking kooky <laughs> little girl. So. Aquafina's with the shits. So. Yeah, Aquafina yeah, yeah, would yeah, kill it. Is. Yeah, she would. Yep. Uh, then number four, his name is Wallaby Beatles, and he's from Australia. Uh, and he's like, he's in love with Kuki. So I picked Liam Hemsworth. You know, Australian. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he's adorable. This so like, he'd be adorable across from Aquafina. We got thirty-year-olds in this movie. Already. Yeah, we do. Okay. They look, they look so young, and like we decided, like they would be like twenty-year-olds, right? They would be like ten year later kids next door. Right. They're in college now. Like this they could pull off college kids. Right. I I get that. Yeah. All right. All right. Go, all right. Pull off college kids. Who had number who had number five? I have I have number five. And number right. five is Abigail Lincoln, uh, which is a play on words for Abraham Lincoln, because on the five dollar bill, 
mm-hmm. is Abraham Lincoln. So she's number five. Um, and <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of really difficult to place her only because like I love Cree Summer. I've met Cree Summer. Cree Summer is like the best person in the whole fucking world. So like just re trying to recast Cree Summer, fucking Susie Carmichael, like that's. Mm-hmm fucking rough but um (laughs) yeah but i mean it's live action and kree summer is fucking 50 some shit now like (laughs) so so we can't have kree summer um so i chose willow smith because she Uh would be bombacious and like can you just imagine like number five just minding her own business and then breaking out into fucking song and then like continuing about her business like almost giving it um, yeah you know what i'm saying (laughs) Like, and every time something happens, she'd be like, Marceline, at any given point. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I think it's a yeah. <laughs> Like, I also, I also chose her because she acted her fucking ass off in I Am Legend, and, like... I'll get behind it, and... Willow Smith is the shit. And I had the director, and I went with the director by the name of Harry Bradbeer. Of fucking course you did, dude. Of course I did, because he just did... Enola Holmes uh-huh. um, and is known for um, several movies. Um, you know, so, you know, A Day with Charlie as the Beast Sleeps, A is for Acid, The Brides in the Bath, you know, Enola Holmes, The Millennium. I just, I think that would fit well into what was, I think he could get the vision of what was code, uh, the code name, uh, you know, uh, Door. So, yeah. Okay. So then since you made, since you made him the director, what, what kind of plot would you give him or would you give code name? Ooh. So, well, this is kind of like, this is, I'm glad we waited to the director because now I know who we're working with. We got people from like in their teens all the way into their thirties in this movie. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So to me, this is almost like a reboot of like a neighborhood where there's like a conspiracy going on. You know, there is in the show. Everyone's in like in this conspiracy, the conspiracy's happening is this conspiracy is being thrown throughout this fucking Neighbor, like in the elementary school, in the middle school, and in the high school. Because let's be fair, no, no teen is playing any fucking um, uh, teenager in a horror movie in high school, right? They're all in their twenties and thirties. We're always like, right. why is that thirty-year-old got wrinkled, got crow's feet under her eye? <laughs> right. You know. So I think that's what you have. Like you know, the older actors, they're coming in from from the high school, and then you know, the 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 twenty-year-olds, they're coming in from the middle school and you have, you know, the kids in their teens, they're coming in from the elementary school and they kind of come together, like either like from a code or something like this, or like they, they crack something that's going on and they kind of almost like a Scooby-Doo origins in a way is how I would describe this. So that's okay. the vision that I have. All right. All right. Okay. So then who, who would you have like write it? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, for it's it, because children's writing is difficult right like like writers and things like that um okay well then then i'll do you then scratch that what would mm-hmm. you want like what is the moral of it because it's a kids movie so yeah but it's a spy movie well right no, yeah so I, I think but the, what's the moral because even that's spy kids have no, moral. I, I got it the moral of the movie the moral of it is is that you have so when you go from like elementary school to middle school to high school the dynamics change, the hormones change, all these things change. And you start to see like this kids that are older don't want to hang out with the younger kids 
and the kids that are younger view the older kids as adults already and they don't get it and blah 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 and i think the moral is we're all kids we're all together in this and you know this whole idea of these age classes you know because we're just because i'm in middle school doesn't mean i can't be friends with you because you're a fucking fifth grader you know what i mean we're still all kids in the neighborhood i think that would be the moral of the story see that's what i wanted all right okay all right i fucks with it all right so whoever can write that effectively um you know what alan sorkin aaron sorkin Aaron Sorkin can write that. If he can write the West Wing, he can write this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. All right. So, um, I understand, Bear, we're going to change the dynamic of this game next episode. Tell how. Tell the audience what that's going to look like going forward. Uh, well, we notice that most of these cartoons are the kids because they're cartoons. Common sense. So it would be easier to try to make a modern rendition of the cartoon in cartoon format, which means that we would be able to cast whoever we wanted as far as like voice actors go. And so it's less restricted on looks like this one where we had like a range of ages that we would have to like, you know, hair and makeup it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remove that element and be able to, I guess, have more creative freedom in who we're choosing. Now, also, a caveat to that was it has to be a film format, right? It can't be a series. Right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do just films, film version of, like, a reboot of a cartoon from the past. Yeah, because, and the reason why we did this is because we were talking about this again before the episode, and... You had, you know, we had mentioned that, oh, by the way, that's been rebooted as a series on XYZ because that's right. the big thing to do right now. And we wanted to ignore the fact that they're out there. And let's be honest, there isn't a lot of insight into some of these, right, into these reboots. Not a lot of people know that there was a Thundercats reboot or that there right. was, you know, that, you know. Yeah. Also good. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, we want to do that in that regard so wow um let's do our final ad and let's wrap things up i think because that's where we're at guys oh it sounds like it all right we'll be right back and we'll wrap things up because you're not going to miss what we're going to be doing next episode because that's going to be a real doozy see you guys after the break seem a little on edge you know like maybe you should like oh i don't know man maybe you should take a nap man i don't think your skin is supposed to be bleeding like that Oof. oh no man i hear you they're always there always watching but then why shouldn't you nap they're always gonna be there like Stick it to him and just nap, man. Just nap. In fact, I got just the medicine for you. Melatonin sleep-enhancing edible. I mean, gummies. Grand-packed with the body's natural sleep chemical. Yeah, man. Get you some sleep. Fight those bugs tomorrow. Just mellow out. Relax, man. Hey. Mellow out, man. 
Disco Home. Brought to you by Dr. Funkenstein's Apothecary and Home Goods. Yeah, welcome back. Um, we are going to have the three of us get to sit down and fire our marketing team or our sponsor team. They are not even fit to be lighting my cigarettes. Um, well, another one's down <laughs> for season two. <laughs> um, so our, our next projects um, is going to be Dante's in uh, Dante's Peak with the one and only Piers Brosnan. What? <laughs> Yes, we're doing. We How are, fucking dare you guys? Oh yeah, dude, I'm stoked about this. We are this doing lava beast itself. Pierce Brosnan. That's oh. right. It is James Bond fighting a fucking volcano. Oh my god! Yeah, it is. <laughs> Missing. Yeah, it it's best yeah, action. It is. So we'll do that one, and then our first. Um, uh, voice acting recast for our animated feature is going to be bringing back He-Man Masters of the Universe. So we will be doing a voice acting, uh, a voice over um, change of what a modern day He-Man movie as a cartoon would be and who would play who. So... In the morning and I step outside <laughs> and I take a deep breath and I can't breathe. So, <laughs> your fucking name is Smoke the Bear. The fuck? So there we go. I um, can't believe you guys had me fucking fighting a goddamn volcano. Yeah, with Pierce so Brosnan. In good graces, like, like I leave you guys alone for fucking two hours, and this is what. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, I it is even... the. It is the 1997 disaster film, Dante's Peak. Can I just not- bow out? Can we have a special guest instead? Uh, no, we cannot. <laughs> you are in on this because you are going to sit oh, through Pierce Brosnan and Lyndall Hamilton just like the rest of us. Jesus Christ. Um, yes, this movie starred one Pierce Brosnan, one Linda Hamilton, and was directed by one Roger Donaldson. And you're going to go, who the hell is Roger Donaldson? I say, well, he directed Dante's Peak. So I can you have tell you that. right now. I can no. tell you right now. I would much rather lick the entirety of Santa Clarita, California, than have to watch Dante's Peak about the filmed location of Santa Clarita. I, All right. I can't I will- even believe you. You guys, this was this was directed by legendary director Roger Donaldson. To be honest with you, he did Sleeping Dogs. He did No Way Out. He did Cocktail. He did Cadillac Man. Then he went on to do The Getaway and Species. Then see and Thirteen Days and The Recruit and the World's Fastest Indian, with none other than. Uh, uh, Hannibal Lechner. You so, had me at species. I had you at species, and I love species. <laughs> um, so, yes, Dante's Peak and He-Man. Um, so it sounds like, um, you know, boy, Jogerio is not happy 
But, you know, you're just going to have to get over that, BG. You're just going to have to. It's um, I'm like, I think I'm just more upset because, well, I'm more relieved now knowing that I can't accidentally watch something else named Dante's Peak and sit through it. <laughs> if you do, we're in some bad Let trouble. us know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. I'm letting you know who's in the movie this time, so you don't. I knew who was in the other one. I thought it was a flashback. (laughs) Um, To give you guys, to give our audience and everyone here an idea, this movie is sitting at a proper 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's a 26%. Yeah. Is it 26%? Uh, Sure is. And people are going to go, wait, was that a flop? And I'm going to explain something here. Yes, it was. It had a $116 million budget, only brought in $178 million. And again, as we talked about before, with marketing budgets, and this was everywhere. This movie was being marketed like a motherfucker to the point where it debuted at number two in the box office. So, yeah. Um, I told you nobody likes a number two. Nobody likes a number two, um, except when it except when you feel ten pounds lighter after you're done. Um, So, so there we go. Yes, it was number two. It was yeah. It was a flop. It did not do well in the box office, and didn't do anything to help anyone's career when it was done. So, till next time, I'm Paul Muadib. That's Smoke the Bear. And of course, you know, BG's own boy, Jojorio. And we will be here next Cast That Movie.